0: Hello and welcome to Sad Nine Books, a podcast about spiritual wisdom and practice. My name is Zita Harkaran and I'll be guiding you through Tao Te Ching, part two. The work itself does not have the beginning, middle or the end, so you can hop in anywhere and receive just the right message you're looking for. But if you like, you can go and take a look at part 1 first. This is part two of three. So I'm taking a look at the middle section of Tao Te Ching specifically verses 28 to 54. But thematically, this is going to focus on the idea of force and how wrong it is to use force according to Tao on the idea of being a woman as something that is of the higher spiritual standing, Uh, we will Explore the pacifist nature of the Tao, but mainly focus on how to live according to Tao. Let's start with metaphysics. How does Tao Te Ching sees the world we live in? Lao Tzu claims that Tao is indescribable. And then he goes on to write 81 verses about it. But Lao Tzu loves contradictions. And he uses them on purpose to help us go beyond our logic and to help us go beyond words. Even in a Tao, he says, we have enough words, we have enough forms that we give names to. Words and forms only create separation. They don't create unity. And he is looking for unity and harmony. What is Tao? Tao. Tao is hard to describe, that's for sure. But it's not part of our material reality. It can be seen, heard, described, or named. Lao Tzu himself claims he doesn't know how to call it, so he calls it Tao, which means the way. Yet, still, it is the most integral part of our reality. Tao is the beginning of everything. Just like when Krishna talked about supreme being that gives rise to Purusha and Prakriti, in the same way, Tao is a zero that created one. From a non being, a being was created. Quote The Tao begot one, one begot two, two begot three, and three begot ten thousand things. Verse 42. It continues, the Tao is hidden and without name. The Tao alone nourishes and brings everything to fulfillment. Tao is that beautiful energy of the spring, of the cold of winter. It is the organizing principles that holds everything together. Just like Guru Nanak in Jabji claims that the creator holds nothing back it is one with a creation. The same way Lao Tzu is describing the same totality of presence in nature. Philosophers and poets have been raving about the sun and its giving quality, how it shines without holding back its pure energy, pure output, and does not ask for anything back. It's pure generosity. Because it is part of everything. And Tao is the sun. Tao is the earth. Tao is everything. Everything we are. Everything we can see. And much, much more. But here is a big difference with other religious beliefs. Tao is not asking for anything in return. It makes no claim it does not boast about its power, and it does not create limits. The great Tao flows everywhere, both to the left and to the right. The ten thousand things depend upon it, it holds nothing back. It fulfills its purpose silently and makes no claim. Verse 34 Tao only wants to be understood so that we as people can live in harmony with it. There can be no harmony if you are going against the Tao. Tao is way more powerful, way wiser, way more integral than you will ever be able to understand, not just you, but all of us, right? Sages and wise men for centuries have been telling us There is one organizing principle of the universe, everything functions according to that. And there is no human or any being that can improve it, nor create anything as equal to it. Lao Tzu just mildly asks in verse 29, do you think you can take over the universe and improve it? I do not believe it can be done. That which goes against the Tao comes to an early end. But of course you can go against the Tao. Because everything is allowed. You are only exhausting more of your prana. You are only exhausting more of your energy and your life force. And in that way you'll come to an early end. It's really like that person at the party who drinks as much as he can and as fast as he can and flirts with everyone around and then it's passed out by 9 p.m. Yes, sure, you can create revolutions, you can chop heads of thousands of people, eliminate all aristocracy, create new regime, delete the calendar, delete the religion, delete the rights. I'm looking at you, French Revolution but your regime won't last. And I'm bringing up French Revolution because it's uh, it's exactly last time when Pluto was in Aquarius, which is where Pluto is right now and going to be for the next 20 years. If we are trying to create something new, let's go with the flow of the Tao, not against it. And speaking of an early end, Maybe, could it be possible that we could extend our lifespan of 70, 80, 90 years to much, much longer if we lived according to Tao? After all, the book of Genesis claims that Adam lived to be 930 years old. His son Seth 912 years. Seth's son... 910 years. Methuselah is the oldest and he lived 969 years. And Noah lived 950 years. And then it it kind of shortens. Shem lived 600 years, his son 438. Until we get to the age of the kings, Moses lived 120 years and David lived 70 and Solomon 80. Whether you believe whether Genesis is true or not, but there is a story there, there is a message there that somehow maybe we have been shortening our lifespan and that maybe it is possible to come back to it if we do the right thing. So since then, past 3,000, maybe 4,000 years, We have lived these misaligned lives with the flow of the Tao, where we are just focusing so much on satisfying our desires, on creating greater comforts, of fighting among one another, of stealing from our neighbors, enslaving people to work for us, chopping heads (laughs) and other terrible things. What if we would spend these thousands of years living according to the Tao or at least figuring out the nature of the Tao, the nature of the universe? Maybe we would be by now flying to the neighboring galaxies. The so-called father of rocket science, a man named Werner von Braun famously said, The universe is hostile only when we don't know its laws. To those who know and obey the universe is friendly. This sentence is amazing. It is completely aligned with the Tao, with the law of attraction, Buddhism and every spiritual teaching there is. When you know the way and you live according to that harmony... Life becomes easy, it becomes healthy, it becomes fulfilled. There are scientists who claim that the way we try to go into the space right now is using so much force, it goes against all the laws and we will never be able to travel anywhere far like that. We need to figure out a different way where we actually use the gravity to propel us up forget about the force and we are going to talk about the force just very soon. So, but let's first take a look as what is the worst thing that we can do according to the Tao? Okay, this is from verse 46. There is no greater sin than desire, no greater curse than discontent. No greater misfortune than wanting something for oneself. Therefore, he who knows that enough is enough will always have enough. Once again, we have the same idea of living outside of our desires that Krishna was talking about, that Buddha is talking about, and so many other sages. And here it is in the Tao as well. I just love looking and finding these nuggets of wisdom. But this is hard truth to accept. Everybody's feathers kind of perks up and they, no one likes this. No one likes, how can I live not wanting anything for myself? How can I live without desire? It's impossible. I'm not even going down that way. But you can just try a little experiment, right? Every day, appreciate what you have right now, who you are right now, who you are with right now, where you are right now. And... See if you can spend a little bit of your free time being there for someone who needs you, serving those who are less fortunate, or being there for a relative, friend, community, whoever, wherever. And see if your inner world starts to change. And try to forget about your desires. Live in the moment, appreciate the moment. And one more advice from the Tao. Returning is the motion of the Tao. Yielding is the way of the Tao. There is a this passive nature to the Tao teaching that Lao Tzu talks a lot about and we are going to talk about it in the practical section of This podcast, which is coming up. But one last thing about the metaphysics. Okay, here is a little advice about how to release oneself from the fear of death, which we all have, right? And I think every great spiritual work has to kind of mention that. The beginning of the universe is the mother of all things. Knowing the mother one also knows the sons. Knowing the sons, yet remaining in touch with the mother, brings freedom from the fear of death. So this is slightly confusing, but maybe one way to understand this, there are different forms to life. But we need to understand that all these forms, come from one life giver and when you are connected to that one life giver you will never die simple as that because you are connected to the life giver i like that mother metaphor here is the practical section of Tao Te Ching. Tao Te Ching is very practical, right? There is lots of advice that is given to governance, to the kings, to the people in general. Just like Buddha who teaches that all creatures fear pain, Tao understands that the best weapon is the use of fear. Let me read this whole verse 31 because it's such a beautiful pacifist uh, statement. Good weapons are instruments of fear. All creatures hate them. Therefore, followers of Tao never use them. The wise men prefer the left. The man of war prefers the right. Weapons are instruments of fear. They are not a wise man's tools. He uses them only when he has no choice. Peace and quiet are dear to his heart. And victory, no cause for rejoicing. If you rejoice in victory, then you delight in killing. If you delight in killing, you cannot fulfill yourself. On happy occasions, precedence is given to the left on sad occasions to the right. In the army, the general stands on the left, the commander-in-chief on the right. This means that the war is conducted like a funeral. When many people are being killed, they should be mourned in a heartfelt sorrow. That is why a victory must be observed like a funeral. The good ruler... Knows that when you use force, you will create resistance. Yes, you can break the resistance, but by breaking that, you destroy also what you were trying to conquer. And this is not only true about the war, it is true about our everyday moments. Even when you are arguing with someone and you are using force through your argument. It only creates resistance in the other. Or another example that I use almost every day in my yoga class. When you stretch your body, don't use force. It only tenses the muscles and they're more likely to break them. Instead, use relaxation, use trust, use encouragement, use joy and love. The Tao Advice, therefore, as you can see, is not just for kings in general, it is for any leader of others, and especially for yourself as a leader of your life. So how many times did you say to yourself, if I just push through, if I just persevere, it will happen, I will break through that block, I will get there. But instead you broke yourself or exhausted yourself. There's no need to use force on yourself. Try to use other methods to get the results you're looking for. Maybe try this technique. This is from verse 37. Tao abides in known action, yet nothing is left undone. If kings and lords observed this, the ten thousand things would develop naturally Or later in verse 42. For one gains by losing and one loses by gaining. And I'm sure you experienced it yourself. A day in which you feel like you are not doing anything special. You're just being you, going through the movements, not trying to impress, not trying to achieve. Yet every task of the day gets done and even more is accomplished than you would ever expect. And then there are days when you work according to your schedule, you push through your task, but the, at the end of the day, you feel like you've just created more lists and things to do. So here is what verse 38 says. A truly good man does nothing, yet leaves nothing undone. A foolish man is always doing, yet much remains to be done. I think I'm going to frame it in my workspace and just remember that. <laughs> Work wisely. This verse 38 is kind of interesting because it starts talking about how by doing nothing, everything gets done. And then it ends with the ascension of the Tao into our world. When a child grows up, It is enveloped in this parent's love that is just this wonderful place and the child is just, you know, being happy. Uh, And then the child goes to school and all of a sudden there are rituals, there is schedule, there is homework, there are rules to follow. And lots of times the child doesn't even know why they're following them, right? Why is it good for them? Why should they do this? Many, many children are like stuck up on justice. They want to make sure that there is at least justice because they don't have the kindness anymore that they had from the parents. They don't get it from their teachers and they surely don't get it from their uh, classmates. So they at least try to fall back on the justice and on everybody following the rules and the ritual and, and so on. And this is what Tao says. Therefore the Tao is lost, there is goodness. When goodness is lost, there is kindness. When kindness is lost, there is justice. When justice is lost, there is ritual. Now ritual is the husk of faith and loyalty, the beginning of confusion. I love this. This is so interesting. The Tao and the confusion are on the opposite spectrum. When you are confused, when you're not aligned with the Tao at all, right? Uh, you just follow rit- rituals because that's the only thing that's left and you don't even know why. Like right now, we don't even know why we celebrate Christmas or why we celebrate Easter. We just have this fate. Right? Oh, we do it because our church told us to do it like that and we just base everything on faith. And we do it so that we have more justice in our society. And we have justice because we have lost the kindness for one another. So we have to have rules and we have to have laws and all of that. And we have kindness because we lost... The humanity, the morality, the true morality of a human being. And we lost the humanity and morality of the human being because we lost our way with the Tao. So we would not need religion, the moral codes, the ethics, the laws if we lived according to the Tao. And this is something that Native Americans knew. So once again, how do you live according to Tao? The answer is you embrace the opposites. Here is verse 39. Therefore, the humble is the root of the noble. The low is the foundation of the high. Princes and lords consider themselves orphaned, widowed and worthless. Do they not depend on being humble? Too much success is not an advantage. I love when he says that success is not an advantage. You actually don't don't learn from your successes. But the best thing is that you need to understand that the life flows between these polarities of life. And, but you also need to start embracing the polarity within you, the masculine and the feminine within you. That's why Tao Te Ching says in verse 28, Know the strength of men, but keep woman's care. Ursula K. Le Guin, who wrote the book Tao Te Ching, a book about the way and the power of the way, she says... The reversal and paradoxes in this great poem are the opposition of the yin and yang, male-female, light-dark, glory-modesty. But the knowing and being of them, the balancing act, results in neither status nor synthesis. The riverbed in which the power runs leads back, The patterns of power lead back. The valley where power is contained leads back to the forever new, endless, straightforward way. Reversal, recurrence are the movement and yet the movement is onward. Let me know what you think. Which ideas of the Tao Te Ching you like the most? This is definitely not a comprehensive look at Tao Te Ching. I only mentioned few verses and quotes. When you read it, I'm sure you are going to find way, 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 way more wisdom. Also, remember, you can join me on my Patreon page, where we practice everyday sadhana. You have wonderful practices and we have book club currently reading the Dhammapada we just started so you can still join us and today I would like to thank my patrons Monica, Amelia, Bali, Alice and Alicia and next time I have a great interview coming up with Satkirtan Karakalsa and we learn from her about how to be a conscious leader in 21st century and also a little bit about numerology and what's going on in 2023. All right, so tune in. I'll be back. Bye.